Hello and welcome to an absolutely packed uh, episode of Jumpcast. I'm Simon Whitlock and joining me as ever to talk about the latest news, reviews, trailers and so on is Alex Gilston. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yourself? I'm I'm very well, thank you. It's it's starting to get warmer again, which is nice. Oh, it was absolutely freezing yesterday up here in in the uh, northwest. In the north, capital T, capital N. Definitely the north as well. It does oh. count as the north. It does um, count as the north. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, normally, well, as you as you may already know, listeners, uh, Cl- uh, not Claire. <laughs> we're talking about Claire. <gasps> <Totally. gasps> He's done it as well. I've done it as well. Oh this time, my god. This time with good reason. Charlotte, 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 Charlotte. She has been gone on a merry jig. Uh, I think her... Merry jig? Yeah. Her, her big cruise is what I'm guessing she's on. Um, well, she was on an island last she week. Was, I know, but you got to get there somehow, haven't you? Uh, yeah. It's on its return trip. Uh, and um, so she'll be back next week. But... To make sure that we are a full house, we have another special guest after Callum so wonderfully joined us last week. We have, and it is a great pleasure to have with us, one of the hosts of the W-Rated podcast. It is Claire. How are you doing, Claire? Hello. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I was in my brain thinking, I'm female. I'm a redhead. My name begins with C and I have a teaching degree. So like, I am a good standing. You are as close to Charlotte as we're going to get, I think, otherwise. If only I could be as wise and articulate as she is, but I will try my best. Honestly, we hope for that. We we hope for that ourselves every week, I, to be honest. Well, I, I mean, I come into every recording knowing that I'm never going to reach those heights. So <laughs> once the expectations are tempered, oh. that's where we go. It's like the, uh, it's the first step is admitting. The, exactly, uh... exactly. I do a podcast on the worst movies, so I'm always a bit scared when I get to come on and talk about good movies on other people's podcasts, because I'm like, I don't know if I know how to do this. <laughs> I mean, the pressure's <laughs> off, believe me. If you've listened to this show before, you know the standards are through the floor. Again, <laughs> except for the person who is on holiday. <laughs> Keeping it together, bless her. <laughs> Somebody has to. But uh, cool, as always, we're going to get cracking on with the usual bits and pieces. But before we do... Uh, I think it is time for a customary catch-up over the last week. Um, so, Claire, aside from the uh, the prescribed bits and pieces, is there anything that caught your eye on the big or small screen in the last seven days? Um, what did I watch this week? I watched something depressing, and then I watched something really stupid, but I can't remember what the depressing one was. Oh. So, f- for some reason, and I don't know why because it's not a good film, I decided to watch Bride Wars on Netflix. Oh, okay. Is this the um, Anne Hathaway? Hathaway. Yeah, I think I've been watching We Crashed and it's made me crave more Anne Hathaway in my life because I still don't know if uh, We Crashed is a good show or not, but Anne Hathaway is bringing her most Anne Hathaway and I love it. I'm there for it. (laughs) Um, So it just, it's made me really want to go on an Anne Hathaway binge. I don't know why I started with Bride Wars. It's one of her, one of the worst, but you know. Sometimes it's a Sunday afternoon and you just want to watch pretty people wear wedding dresses. Honestly, I understand that completely. Yeah. Um, But new-wise, I haven't actually been able to see much new, which is a shame. Um, I'm in Dublin and in the cinema. It's pretty much the Batman, uh, Morbius, Sonic, 
and um, the new release this week as well. So I've seen Sonic. I loved it a lot more than you guys did. Um, I've listened to your conversations. Uh, um, you didn't uh, hate it, but I was like all positive. I was like, oh, it wasn't, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. wasn't too long. Could have sat there for hours. Was in love all with right. it. Loved everything right. about it. Like, <laughs> I was just vibing. I had a private screening because I was the only one that bought a ticket. So they gave me free popcorn and a free drink. No way. So it was a great life for Claire. Oh, excellent. Yeah. How did you feel? Are you excited for the further expansion from the looks of uh, the post-credits? Yes and no, because it's the wrong character for me. Oh, fair. That is I right, want my lady. <laughs> <laughs> ah, a rouge the bat. I know which one you mean. <laughs> hey, I'd take, is it Shadow the cat, the purple cat? I'd take her. Oh, she big, was... big the cat, I think, isn't it? Um, no, big is the big cat. There's like a little purple cat. She was always the best character in Sonic and Mario at the Olympic Games. She was the one to pick. She was the best. Oh, excellent. Well, stand corrected. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness me. Well, I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed your private screening. Yeah. I I feel like I do have to go back and watch Sonic 2. Not while it's still the Easter holidays, but at some point. I do understand, like, all of your points. They did make sense. I think I was just, like, having just a really pleasant time in the screen. But, like, it did did feel... The problem being that, like, James Marsden's arc was so pleasant, but it really didn't need to be there. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, they could have really shortened the film just by removing all of that. But then I want to watch James Marsden just being, like, an awkward dad guy. Yeah, I love that stuff. Like I said in the last episode, like that's the stuff I was absolutely vibing with so much more mm-hmm. than the other stuff, which I thought was still good. But yeah, I was fully on board with, let's see what James Marsden can step in this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but that's great. Uh, Alex, to you now. Uh, what has caught your eye? Um, so I watched Escape Room for the first time. Okay. It's on Netflix. So just um me and a group of friends were like, we want something um a bit kind of uh, a bit a bit not well, it's not exactly a horror film, but like, you know, a bit spoopy, bit bit um bit jumpy. Yeah, a bit jumpy, bit thrillery. So we chose Escape Room and pleasantly surprised by it. Not gonna lie. No. Are you going to catch um, Escape Room Tournament of Champions? Well, yes, I do believe um, I'm going to try to. I don't think it's on any streaming services, so it'll probably just end up being a when-it-comes-around kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I thought over everything, the production design was just like phenomenal, really well thought out. Um, um, just so you know, Escape Room 2 is currently on Now, t- now Cinema. Oh, it is? Well, there we are then. I don't have any excuse not to watch it. Um, <laughs> I think I heard it was better than the first one. So if you liked the first one, you might like it. Yeah, probably will. Yeah, and then um, the Severance finale aired mm-hmm. um, last week, which was brilliant. And I'm so excited that there's going to be a season two. Cannot wait for that. Uh, another show has come to an end. Uh, however, I've not seen it. I just wanted to mention it because. Um, Killing Eve has finished. So that airs in Ireland tonight. Um, tonight. So Ooh. I don't know, because it was a double episode to end, wasn't it? Yeah, like seven and eight. Yeah. I think yeah. So it normally airs at 10.15 in Ireland. So I don't know if they'll be airing both episodes. Um, but I'll be trying to maybe catch that, even though 
everyone seems very angry about yes i haven't seen it however due to just kind of being on social media a lot i have seen a a certain spoiler Mm, i think uh, i've figured it out from reading between the lines what happens yeah 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 i mean (laughs) the last the last two seasons have been terrible so i don't know why people thought it was gonna have a good ending like no offense like it's a comp they they wrote themselves into a box way too early but like the writing has been all over the place and the characterization has been all over the place for the last two seasons so i just needed phoebe waller bridge back to be fair I think it wasn't even that they needed Phoebe Waller-Bridge back. They just needed a singular vision. And I think chopping and changing it every season meant that then... And then Jodie Comer becoming so big. It just... They they kind of lost what made that initial season so powerful. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, And then uh, I've also been keeping up with Gordon Ramsay's Future Food Stars. Oh, God. How many more clips are they jumping off? <laughs> no more clips, but... um. The one of the teams did serve three vegan people gazpacho that had honey in it. <gasps> For shame. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Gordon Ramsay was out there calling them fucking donkeys and things like that. Um, <laughs> of course he was. You know. Uh, yeah. But yeah. No. So that's uh, keeping my interest in the kind of reality TV realm. Nice. Um. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Great. Well, as for me, I've been doing a bit of catch up, to be honest. Uh. So. I went to see the worst person in the world on the big screen. Oh, amazing! Yeah, it has my heart completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, you're right. Oh my goodness me! What a film! Uh, I watched. You it should have a... got all the Oscars. I honestly, in hindsight, I yeah, it really should have. Drive uh, my car, just stole them away. Took them and <laughs> took them and sped off. Yeah, took them in the boot. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, oh wow, what a film. Um I watched it with a fairly fairly stacked crowd and um everyone was just properly on board with it. There were proper laughs going on, there were more than a handful of sniffles towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, all the way through I just thought this is so close to the bone mm-hmm. in so many ways. Uh but yeah. Painfully, painfully accurate. Uh, I also saw Boiling Point. Again, another catch-up. Yay! And Finally! Yeah, I know, oh my god. Uh, on Netflix. I know, see, I do my homework, as promised Alex from last yeah, week. Yeah, you did, uh, you did. I, and I liked it a lot. I thought it was a very clever conceit, and I thought the real-time thing worked for the most part. Um, I did feel myself kind of getting a little bit like okay, what's going to be the thing? Because clearly there's going to be a thing. And there were so many different, like, powder kegs being placed mm. around the restaurant. I just found myself kind of going, okay, well, at some point that's going to go. And at some point that's going to go. And that's, like, my only drawback, is that I was too... Almost think- as if it was a pressure cooker. <laughs> exactly. Getting yeah. to a boiling point. Getting to a boiling point. And, like, I thought that was, you know narratively fine but i do think that stephen graham is just just brilliant isn't he mm-hmm. yeah like wowzers 
I thought the whole cast were actually like obviously he yeah. steals the show, but I didn't think there was a, a weak performer in it for what looked like quite a low budget film, what looked like quite an intense like kind of because it's such an ensemble. I thought every single person like matched him. Oh, Vinette Robinson was was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. I was just about to say Vinette Robinson for me was the extra <laughs> special ingredient in all of that. Um, yeah, yeah, she was sublime. And yeah, if you've not yet caught it. Um, it's on Netflix, so you have no excuse, just like I had no excuse <laughs> last week. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, yeah, just your, your general fare, Bake Off, etc. has been my uh, has been my my stuff, really. Um, oh my gosh! By the time this um, this episode comes out, we'll have seen the first episode of the new series of Taskmaster as I well. Know. Oh my god! Let's say, I have been. I mean. More importantly, will will better of course all have started back yet? <laughs> very possibly, actually. Oh my gosh, we are heading into a very busy period for TV. It's <laughs> like April slash May is like the most intense. You've got Better Call Saul, you've got Ozark, you've got Barry, you've got Taskmaster, yep. you've got at least two other massive shows, and then that doesn't include anything new that's starting. Oh my god, yeah, that's absolutely right. We are. Oh goodness me! And especially now that there's no summer tournament to uh, take over the TV, there's going to be a lot more coming on over June and July. One would hope, anyway. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, I feel like this has been the longest we've gone before actually getting into the stuff. <laughs> That's my yeah. fault. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. This is this is a combined effort. So don't worry on that front there. But. 15 minutes in it seems time enough now to get into the news and we start with some good news it's always nice to start with good news and um well this is off the back of so when the cast your mind back to when disney disney acquired fox with chump change from the sounds of it (laughs) and um one of so, so when it happened everyone was interested slash concerned about what was going to happen to some of the projects ongoing under Fox's broad banner and Blue Sky Animation's Nimona was the first to really feel or at least one of the first to really feel the chop um it got shelved and in fact it got dropped completely by Disney it when did. they acquired it um but and we wonder why oh. we wonder why <clears throat> we won't say gay no <laughs> to uh <laughs> Gay. Yeah, wouldn't you be gay? Gay. 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 No, not gay. Isn't it? No. I just love the person that pointed out, like, it's the most stupid rule because you have to say the word in the rule. <laughs> 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 like, why? <laughs> like, at least, like, the don't ask, don't tell was also horrific, but at least they didn't say the word. I say there was logic to that. <laughs> this is just nonsense. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> But there we go. Uh, but there is a happy ending. So Nimona was doomed to limbo, but thanks to Netflix. I never thought I'd say thanks to Netflix, but here we are. And not just Netflix, somebody else too. Oh, who was involved? Oh, Annapurna. Uh, yeah. There we go. In- vested interest in this. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to get that shout out in there, you know. There we Joining go. such other animated classics from the Annapurna as, as uh, Sausage, Sausage Party. Party. <laughs> 
There we are. So it's another another star in the Annapurna verse. I mean, <clears throat> that wasn't prejudicial towards any kind of different sexualities. So that's that's true, actually. Yeah, especially that scene. I thought mm-hmm. that was fairly inclusive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, more inclusive than most Disney films. So yeah. <laughs> is that in a roundabout sort of way? It kind of works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks to Netflix and Annapurna. Thank you, Alex. Um, Nimona is getting a new lease of life and it is due out next year. Oh, wow, that's quick. Very quick. And well, I assume I, they must have been working on it for in some the back time. burner, yeah. yeah. I feel like, like it must have been like it got shelved. Yeah, it must have been all but done, is my guess, before <laughs> the merger and then the dismissal. Um, but yeah, are we excited for Nimona? I don't know enough about it other than just all of the outrage when it was cancelled. So I will be excited to see a trailer and find out more because people seem like super, super passionate about it. So yeah. I'm eager to see what what is brewing this passion. Yeah. I well, feel like ba- I'm... Sorry, go on, Alex. It's based off a graphic novel, like an internet mm. graphic novel, um, which has quite a a strong fan base and i believe that the person who was involved with the animated netflix shira series is quite heavily yes. involved oh. yeah you're absolutely in the right making of, of this um so obviously he, that that person also has a lot of fans because of that um so yeah so it's nice and i feel like it's going to be even sweeter because of there's nothing better than good news that has that has come from initial bad news mm-hmm. You'll say, yeah. It, it feels very, very nice to start off with that. Um, and, well, it's a bit of a jump, I'd say, from good news to, hmm, news. <laughs> so there is a film that, uh, again, if you're up to date with this podcast, you'll know we'll not be getting any in-depth review coverage here. But it's worth mentioning because it is just an indictment of the world we live in. So, Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore is... Well, you'll find no surprises here. Is that they they've taken to heart the uh, <laughs> the lessons being uh, taught in Florida, and and don't say gay. Uh, in China, they have cut out apparently all of six seconds of LGBT Whoa, representation. Oh my god, it's too much. And too much. Th- this is my issue with it. Like, I think the whole China thing and cutting out and editing is its whole own issue, which I have big issue with. But if you're telling me that a film that's centred around a supposedly queer character and you can still show it in China and all they had to remove was six seconds, <laughs> what are you playing at? This film has nothing to do with the queer community. I mean, we know that for different reasons, but like, what are you doing? Just, just go away. It's just that I think it comes from the fact as well that there are some prominent, um, uh, it's kind of not even, um, it's not even right calling them film critics. Uh, mm-hmm. people. Um, one of them, uh, rhyming with, uh, pace pantoff. Um, <laughs> nicely done. And uh, it's basically saying that. It's like the the biggest thing about the film is that it's this this like centered around this queer relationship, this gay relationship, mm-hmm. when it's so very clearly not. Yeah, if all it takes is a six second edit, like what are you talking about, mate? Yeah, 
it's um yeah speaks volumes that this is still where we're at i mean this is no new practice i feel like with we've seen it with a lot of disney's output especially mm-hmm. with things did you like, know endgame was the first marvel movie to have a queer character it, i'm astonished that <laughs> <laughs> did everyone else know about that groundbreaking moment well, the, it's the, uh, the running joke isn't it now uh, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So. It, it, well yeah that and disney's first openly gay character yeah. Oh, Disney, yeah. You know, the, on, onward has Disney's first openly gay character. Endgame, Disney's first openly gay character. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Disney's first openly gay character. Did you know? And we all know the one that really has it is Luca. Yeah. No, definitely <laughs> not. Because no, according no. to Disney, definitely not. No, definitely sorry, not. Luca don't is say, a, Luca don't is say a gay. It is. <laughs> don't say gay around in, Luca. Definitely wasn't in Rise of Skywalker right at the very end either. Oh, oh. oh god. Being looked on disapprovingly by a yellow slug. We could, literally, <laughs> we could literally talk about this all day and how angry it makes me, honestly. <laughs> if you're if you're thinking there's going to be a certain vibe to this episode, listeners, bear in mind that later on we do have a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, the left, the, the loony left shoving their agenda down oh our throats. That's what we're going to be doing later. I'll tell you what, if, if you're on social media and you've got anti-woke in any part of your description... <laughs> Probably turn off now, I'd say. Wait till next yeah, week. Turn off, yeah. <laughs> Come back and we'll talk about a gritty war movie that's apparently got a hand. <laughs> say, we'll talk about The Northman, oh. which is about uh, Norse men oiled up and fighting each other with no clothes on. <laughs> Nothing gay about that. No, sir. No. <laughs> Mind you, I'll be watching Front Row, so. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Uh, right, so let's move on. <laughs> and. Uh, Oh my gosh, we have gone straight from Nimona, which is uh, an openly kind of uh, queer embracing film, to Secrets of Dumbledore, which is erasing, to just the most straight thing in the world, Fast and Furious 10. Uh... <laughs> How dare you? Oh, come on. <laughs> Do you know, you've just made me realise, I'm going to spoil the news, but I thought um, Brie Larson was um, out as bi. And she, she is, was... I'm pretty is sure. Is she? I oh. just Googled it. And it doesn't oh, seem like she is. She is. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure she said it in one of her YouTube videos. I thought oh, okay. so too. I was thinking, yeah. oh, is there a is she holding a metaphorical fishing rod? <laughs> oh, some God. Dangling no. something on the end of it. No? <laughs> I think she. I think she has said it. I thought she had as well. I just oh, okay. can't find it confirmed anywhere. In that case, Free Larson, hopefully you can liven up this goddamn. <laughs> Uh, so we're being told consistently and repeatedly that Fast and Furious 10 is the final outing for Vin Diesel and his family. And uh... <laughs> it's in two parts, so... Oh, it's in two parts! Oh, God. Okay, so it's the first 10 and 10.5. 10 and 10.5. Jesus. Uh, but, so we've already, we've already got Jason Momoa added into the affair. Uh, we've also got Brie Larson. Uh, who who joins? And I this came fairly recently, and you know Vin Diesel do, does his thing on Instagram, calling her. Oh, don't! I absolutely adore his little like. I just I wish I want someone to big me up like Vin Diesel bigs people up. Oh, I like hum- sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, this because this is like slightly off topic, but I really recommend going on the Binge Movies podcast. That man, Jason, does the best intros of all time. I come oh, off of that excellent. show like I am. A goddess. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
because in the caption for the Instagram post that Vin Diesel put up, uh, he was <laughs> talking about her, um, and uh, she. So he so he says, "You have no idea how timeless and amazing she'll be in our mythology." I love how he calls it mythology. I know. Fast and furious <laughs> which I just think is great within itself. It's just a, a real lovely tidbit of, of um, writing. But then he goes on to say, beyond her beauty, her intellect, dot, 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 her Oscar. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, I love it so much. And honestly, he is a gem of social media and I, I oh, wish man. for him to go nowhere. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but the picture he posted is so wholesome as well. It was oh. a very sweet picture. Just beaming smiles. It's great. And you know what? I'll take that any day over some bloody <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and rubbish. I will say, yeah. I've never seen a Fast and Furious film and I've been very vocal about the fact that I want to go to my grave having never seen a Fast and Furious film. That announcement made me, I was like, oh, Oh no. Oh, it might be oh. happening. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and I felt like I betrayed myself because I really love Brie Larson <laughs> and I'm interested. If she's interested, I'm interested. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I kind of feel that, to be honest. Uh, but I mean, so when is Fast 10 coming out? Is next year? Yes. Next year. So, um, I mean, there'll be so many more additions to the family by then, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my God, it's going to be the new Fincher film. What's that called? Oh, what? boring as fuck. The one with the, the one, the one with all the men. Is it not Fincher? No, it's not Fincher. Oh, you're thinking of Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, yes. Oh, it's yeah. Fast Ten going to be the new Oppenheimer. <laughs> well, we've got another one to uh, to get to down the line, which I feel like is is probably going to match it. Yes, in yes, some yes. yes. <laughs> uh, before that, though, we do have so Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, uh, the film that all of I think about a dozen people are super excited for. <laughs> Uh, and all of them, funnily enough, have released the Snyder <laughs> and restored the Snyderverse in everything they do and say. Business cards. Uh, I feel like they're going to get it changed by deed poll. <laughs> uh, no, that. because the thing is, you know the fact that Snyder cultists won't watch this film because it's got nothing to do with Superman or Batman. Oh, that's true. And then that's they'll true. say, oh, he was forced to make this passion project that he really wanted to make because you guys wouldn't let him make another Batman Literally. movie. But it will still find a way to win fan favourite at the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> and he'll and shoot the film and it'll look absolutely terrible. <laughs> like baby's first film. I'm so uh, sorry. Okay. No, it's just so mean. Like I, I, I have nothing against Zack Snyder. Honestly, like on a personal level. And I will say one very positive thing. I didn't watch that zombie movie. Um, but one positive thing, he did CGI out the um horrible sex offender guy. He so did. Yeah. that yeah, is a big true. win. Like that is a very solid true. move. Yeah. So. And didn't and replace them with Tignataro, right? Yeah. Which is even better. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like, well done, Mr. Snyder. I yeah. salute you for that move. I say, I feel like as a person, he is a genuinely good egg from everything I've seen of him. Mm-hmm. Completely. Mm-hmm. And it's to be fair, he's the first person to call all the Snyder cultists out. So oh, I yeah. will, I will give him that. Definitely. Oh yeah, it's just on his films. I just, just can't, can't get on board. I've never film. been a fan no, no, of his <laughs> filmmaking. But as a person, Zach, come on, come on the podcast. We'll chat. We'll shoot the breeze. It'll be a great time. But yeah, um, but he will be having Carrie Elwes and Corey Stoll. Yes. In in the mix, I feel like 
this is one of those films again where I don't know if this is just becoming a trend now in Hollywood where you get you just get everyone you call everyone's agent and go can you do it can you do five minutes and they're like well we've had two years off go on then I don't see why not yeah do you not think it's maybe even more so that we now live in such a hyper news world that like we just get so many more casting announcements mm, possibly, I feel like yeah. like 10 20 years ago there was still the this like i rewatched the spectacular now of like last week that cast is stacked if you released a new film with all of that cast you'd be like oh my god that person and that person and that person but because we are in such like a hyper news cycle now we know about every casting announcement before we know anything about the film that's so a good point. Feels yeah. like it. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Genuinely, I feel like um, like when the Batman came out, I felt like that was a big one for that as well. Mm-hmm. Like you just had like, yeah, everyone and their partner seemed to be in it. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is just yeah carrying on the trend, and I like Carrie Elwes a lot, so I'm excited for that. And Corey Stoll, I think they're both very good. So yeah, time will tell. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed this is a good film. I will hold out hope. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, moving on. The, so the next bit of uh, news we have. So again, in the wake of big, massive corporate maneuvers and mergers, Amazon finally became the owner of MGM some time ago, a couple of months ago now, I think. And actually only just recently finalized i'm pretty oh my sure lord see this is the thing with so many different things is that so much is reported and rumored and yeah announced but by the time it actually happens it is just like oh yeah there it is no exactly. ceremony it was still all about dotting the i's and crossing the t's yeah for sure exactly yeah um but the first major manifestation of that aside from apparently a uh a, one of those competitive factual entertainment show things uh, where those people compete to be the next 007, not on film, but, you know, just in a, like, oh, can you be good enough to be as good as James Bond? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for a limited time only, every James Bond film, including No Time to Die, is going to be streaming on Amazon Prime, uh, starting very soon, in fact. Uh, as part of the 60th anniversary, every film is getting a big re-release on the big screen as well. Uh, because it is, after all, the big celebration um, of James Bond this year. It marks 60 years since Doctor No. Uh, so there's going to be a fair bit of this coming. Um, but just, uh, you know, this, this is our public service announcement. If you want to watch the James Bond films, if you haven't seen them in the last week, then there's <laughs> a chance. They're on clearly, you know, every Sunday on ITV1 in the <laughs> afternoon. But if you're really fixing to watch them all in a row, you're going to be in luck. So, yeah, there we are. Right, cool. Next story. <laughs> and we have some more casting again. And again, another film which is just packed. Packed full of people, I tell you. Barbie. Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which is still yet to have any kind of announcement on when that's coming. I'm guessing next year again. Will Ferrell is the latest addition to the cast, which includes, but is not limited to, Obviously, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Alexandra Shipp, Emma Mackey. Uh, help me out here. Simon Liu. Simon Liu, yep. America Ferreira. America Ferreira, yes. Oh my oh goodness. Oh god, me. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> there is many, many people in this film. And, and I yeah. love all of them. 
yeah, genuinely, I am so fascinated by Will Ferrell being in this as well. I feel like he is just game for anything uh, anyway. But yeah. I, like Will Ferrell in like the late 90s, early 2000s, his like kind of straight man stuff was, even if the films weren't good, his performances were always really interesting. Oh, and yeah. I feel like he hasn't, well, actually, no, I was going to say he hasn't given us that in a while, but he just did the Apple show, The Shrink Next Door. And I think he did give us that in that. Um, so I'm very excited to see what Greta moulds him into. I think that's a really interesting partnership. Definitely. Oh, Blades of Glory cough. Blades of Glory <laughs> is just sublime. <laughs> and I just, any time to watch the first Zoolander, just for him alone, is next level. Mugatu is just a genius work. Um, but yeah, there we are. Uh, watch out for that. And as always, as the bastion of coverage for Ryan Gosling-related media, uh, we'll keep you up to date on any movements uh, regarding Barbie. So keep your ears peeled. That kind of worked. Okay, and final bit for the news before we get cracking on to the other bits and pieces. It's a speculative thing. Ooh. Speculation. Speculation. There's nothing like rampant, wild, unfounded speculation to finish things off. and. This might be, if it happens, if it happens, I feel like I will, I will, I will dance. So David Lynch has been rumored to be making something in the oh, wake of Twin Peaks: The Return oh no. for years and years and years. Oh no! Oh no! Um, I well, right, okay. This, yeah, say what you're gonna say, and then I'll, I'll, um, <laughs> I'll filibuster. <laughs> Oh god. Okay, here we go. I've just seen a tweet which is kind of ironic that I've seen this tweet as you are saying that this is speculative. <laughs> Please say that it's not. Okay, tell me that it's not. Uh apparently Josh Horowitz who is a pretty is a pretty um high profile uh kind of film critic/reviewer/interviewer. Yeah. Slash slash interviewer, yeah. Um has apparently just done um an interview with uh, David Lynch on his podcast, who has said in no uncertain terms that uh, that is not true. Oh, really? <laughs> Welcome to the world of completely unfounded <laughs> rumour and speculation in terms of films. Uh, a man can dream. But there we go. can dream. Um, Sam, yeah. if you want to keep that in and make me look like a right idiot, it's up to you. <laughs> in fairness, though, the tweet says does not have a new film at Cannes. Doesn't say that there's not a new film at all. Speculation continues. Mm-hmm. Speculation continues. No, 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 no. Um, um, but there we go. <laughs> um, also, not to like really bring down the mood a bit, but I feel like we have to mention it. Okay. Um, but it has been announced in the past like 20 minutes, half an hour that, um, Gilbert Gottfried has passed away. <gasps> no. Yeah. Genuinely, I haven't seen this. This is yeah. It's just on just on Twitter. Just confirmed oh. through his official account. Oh dear. Sixty-seven. Oh, that's, that's no age. Wow. Oh blimey. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, what what a voice he had. Um, the voice, yes, of course, that he lended to um, recognizable. Oh my God, Aladdin and Aladdin. Krang. Krang was yeah. like my childhood. Yeah. The iconic voice of uh, Iago. In, iconic um... voice. I one thing I will say because you know it's um, a testament to his legacy. 
uh, I highly recommend if you're if you have a spare five minutes, uh, going on YouTube and typing in Gilbert Gottfried reads Fifty Shades of Grey. <gasps> oh my god! It is. Yes, I think I've heard this before. It's genuinely yeah. no one, no one, and you know this is my tribute to him in very quick, in very oh. quick thinking. No one quite brings that prose to life like Gilbert Gottfried did. <laughs> wow. And uh, wow, yeah. That's a real bombshell, blimey. Uh, but we're going to roll with it and move swiftly on because we have still got so much to talk about. My God. Um, so let's crack on with our weekly feature, Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailers. Trailers. Great. And, well, not a vintage week, I'll be completely oh, honest. Listeners. No, definitely not. Um. But so let's let's crack on. So first of all, we have Pause of Fury. So this is uh, an animated feature which apparently has been kicking around for some time, uh, with a surprisingly stacked cast. Again, so you have people like Ricky Gervais, Mel Brooks, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, names again, listing them out. Uh, but how do we feel about this? Having watched it, what are your thoughts, Alex? Um. Yeah, it does look like it's about five years old, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a in a particularly good way. Yeah. So yeah, uh, to, to pad out the list of names. So you have Michelle Yeoh, Michael Sarah, George Takei, uh, and then yeah, Mel Brooks, Ricky Gervais, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a pretty stacked voice cast, considering, um, like you said. But yeah, it just... And then I'm not really too sure about the story. I mean, it's obviously like dog gets taught how to be a whatever by a cat, and it's just like mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a bit of a strange one. Bit of a strange one. Uh, Claire, what are your thoughts having seen the trailer for Pause of Fury? It feels like a film that my ten year old nephew would watch on Netflix and oh. laugh, and then never talk about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. If you understand that vibe. <laughs> it's ultimate destiny. <laughs> and sure enough, it is coming straight to Sky. It's a Sky original, so that will be oh, exactly wow. what happens. Yeah, it, it vibes of a film that was knocked about a bit and that they got some decent cast who had nothing to do in the pandemic, so decided they'd do some voice acting, which is an insult to voice actors everywhere. My apologies, voice actors. Um, and <laughs> it does it does shout out Sky Original. Yeah. Mm. Not just not so much shout as just scream it. <laughs> like primal screams. Uh, <laughs> alrighty, cool. So moving on, we have a creature feature and with some quite gnarly animatronics. It's the lake. Uh, this looks quite fun. I mean, I was not able to see this with in anything with any kind of English language, whether dub or sub. So I was going by pure vibes, and by pure vibes, I was enjoying it. Uh, what about you, Claire? What were your thoughts? Well, yeah, like as I said to you pre-recording, to me it kind of again pre um, vibes only. It seemed like a cross between um, Bong Joon Ho's The Host and the original Jurassic Park. Um, I, it looks like if the tension in the trailer is anything to go by, it looks like it'll be a really kind of fun creature feature. I hope that it gets a wide enough release um, over here that we can see it on a big screen. Yeah, I hope so too. It feels like the kind of 
a, not to single out a particular cinema, but a very kind of Prince Charles kind of crowd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Defo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex, what about yourself? What did you think of The Lake? Yeah, completely agree with, with what, what you've both said. Um, Vibe-wise. Um, yeah. Looks nice. Pretty, looks pretty good. We all want to go vibe by the lake. <laughs> Let's go vibe by the lake. Well, I don't want to get killed by the, by a monster. <laughs> That's why we're going to vibe by it, not by in it. By it, not in it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. Well, um, so let's crack on. So we've got a new film. It's a Netflix film. It's a Rebel Wilson Netflix film. It's a Rebel Wilson Netflix film that got very tactlessly plugged at the end of the BAFTAs. It's senior <laughs> year. <laughs> so the setup for this is that a, a cheer captain, I have to get this right, um, is is induced into a coma after a horrible accident, wakes up 20 years later and decides she wants to go back to school to finish. Would you believe it? She wakes up as Rebel Wilson. Um, now this looks fairly okay, I thought. Alex, what do you think about senior year? Yeah, I think if I woke up as Rebel Wilson, I'd be pretty, pretty happy. Um, yeah. I, yeah, there's definitely more disappointing people to wake up as. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's like one of those things that's been done 70 million times before, but kind of the opposite way, I suppose. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like you have that kind of seventeen again thing where yeah, yeah, yeah you have yeah. someone past it going back to school or even back to school. The film with the uh, well, yeah, exactly. And it seems more interesting than it's a person from the past trying to come to terms with popular culture now. Yeah, and... feels like that's kind of the best way to go about making a film like that these days, specifically. Definitely, and jump cast bingo cards at the ready. It was incredibly depressing that someone from the 2000s was out of touch and out of place. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to have more and more of this every passing year. Uh, How did you feel about senior year's trailer? I thought it looked great. Um, It very much struck me as a kind of um, sneaky, never-being-kissed reboot. Um, very yeah. much like never being kissed vibes with Drew Barrymore going back to high school pretending to be a high schooler, um, but maybe hopefully without the problematic teacher going to date someone who he thought was seventeen. Um, but you know <laughs> she wasn't, so it was fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it really gave me that kind of late nineties rom com feel. Probably again because of the age Rebel Wilson. Wilson's character is meant to be kind of like stuck in through the coma and um, it very much felt like a film that I really hope I enjoy as much as I vibed with the trailer nice great yeah well, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic I mm-hmm. didn't find it laugh out loud funny the bits they did pick mm-hmm. so but we'll see I think it's going to be the kind of film that you'll know within the first 10 minutes if it's oh, you or yeah. not instantly yeah. yeah no I agree with that one which did uh, intrigued me and actually did get a good couple of laughs out of the trailer alone was Crush. Uh, so this is Auli Cravalho uh, in a lead role uh, unanimated as well which is great um, as a high schooler who is looking for a girlfriend and uh, this looks quite again sweet uh, and... No she is one of the crushes Auli Cravalho. Oh sorry you are absolutely right God, I am doing so well, aren't I? This week? Terrible. No, no, no. You are selling it. I'm selling it exactly. Selling it. As long as I say I it with confidence. I was nodding along, <laughs> believing you knew. 
We'll just have Alex come along going, uh, yeah. how, how dare you? Know? How dare you know? Alex is an erm, um, actually. Um, He's an erm, um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> A real life one. Um, uh, the main character is Rowan Blanchard, who you absolutely right has yeah. been in Snowpiercer, the TV show. Um, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. I stand corrected. The Goldbergs. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's a, oh yes, that's and yes, yeah, she was the lead in the Girl Meets World, the Boy Meets World kind of sequel yeah. reboot thing. And uh, yeah, but this looks really sweet, and this got some very proper giggles out of me when watching this. There's some. Decent lines. Alex, you said there were one or two fairly hackneyed bits in there that you found. Yeah, like they've been done before, but what I did um, see uh, Ollie Cravallo say on her Instagram is that like, if you want a film about queer people where it has a happy ending, then you'll want to watch this film, which I'm very happy about. So Yeah. And more on that later as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Claire, what about yourself? Do you absolutely, like yeah, absolutely vibe. I love a high school comedy slash rom com, which is why I was vibing with Senior Year. Definitely vibing with Crush. If you had to pick between them, which I don't think I have to, I can have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. Um, but I Crush looks great. Um, I agree with Alex. There are some jokes that have been done before, but that is for me the joy of a high school movie. You know, even the best high school films have bits that are taken from prior um so i was loving it the cast looks great it just looks like good vibes yeah um and i'll be ready to watch it if we get it over here but it's hulu so who knows hulu who knows probably end up on disney plus fingers crossed Um, fingers crossed yeah and fingers washed as well (laughs) (laughs) oh dear right anyway (laughs) so one that's definitely coming to disney plus couldn't have planned that better is Sneakerella, the reimagining of the classic fairy tale done this way around with Elle, a uh, young boy who works in a shoe shop, I think, uh, but has dreams of becoming his own designer and uh, wants to impress the the kings of the city. <laughs> I mean, they're trying really hard to make this work in this in this kind of context, but it looks kind of fun for all of that. Uh, Alex, I know you are in particular excited for Sneakerella. What are your thoughts? Obviously, uh, film of the year. Film of the year. Very excited for Great. it to be film of the year. But yeah, no, no, it does. To be fair, it looks pretty fun. It can't be any worse than uh, Amazon Prime Camila Cabello at Jukebox Musical Cinderella. So, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it looks fun. Uh, Claire, what about you? Um, yeah, it strikes me as like pure uh, decom, like Disney Channel original movie vibes. Um, yeah. Reminds me of like Let It Shine, Lemonade Mouth, all those very cool on the nose. I'm down with the kids movies um, that came <laughs> that came out at least ten years ago, if not more. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely not going to be for everyone. I think it's going to be a bit like not cheap and cheerful, but like that kind of thing. Um, But I think that the audience it's made for will probably love it, and I will probably also love it too, even though it was not made for me. (laughs) So yeah, bit of throwaway fun. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Well, now we get to the film which is clearly going to be film of the year. Sorry, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) So, off the back of the somehow extraordinary success 
of 365 days despite the critical panic myself included in fact i've written about this in the past um 365 days this day is a sort of sequel sort of not thing in quick succession to 365 days uh now funnily enough the original film has featured on a podcast i believe something rated hmm. yes uh yeah, of course no <laughs> w rated have done their very special episode on the original 365 days so who better to hype this up than claire yeah i'm actually genuinely really excited this like derailed my day at work when the trailer <laughs> came out um so first up up front i know the first film is very popular very problematic it has a lot of very um concerning issues with consent and um like all sorts of terrible issues. I really recommend listening to the W Racist episode on that um, because we did really delve into the problems with it. But despite that, I couldn't help but just fall for the absolute ludicrousness of it. Um, so I'm very interested in the second one. There is a is a trilogy of books, and the first film is very um plays it very close to the first book. I have not read the books; they're a series of Polish books, but I do know what happens in the second book. And based on this trailer, it looks like they are taking some of it, but not all of it, because at the end of the first film, there's quite like a big cliffhanger ending, yeah. and that that leads to a very specific place in the second book. And based on this trailer, it doesn't seem like that's the route that they're going to take. So I'm very interested. I'm here for the terrible blonde wig. I'm here for the very good, uh, good looking people who don't really seem to know how to act. I'm here for more, you know, stuff on yachts. Um, yep. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this and it's mortifying. <laughs> Stuff on yachts is pretty concise, I'd say. I don't know how PG this podcast is, so I'm uh, trying to I, keep it... Honestly, don't worry yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use the word rutting, but I think that's better. So... <laughs> oh, goodness me. But Alex, did you manage to catch the original? And are you looking forward to this? I've never seen the original. Um... And I didn't even need to watch the trailer for this to know exactly um, <laughs> what it's going to be like. I think I Lesh. watched like, yeah, Lesh. I think I watched like 30 seconds of it and was like, yeah, okay, another one. <laughs> another one. Well, I think I'm very interested to see if they've taken on any of the criticism of the first film. And that's why I'm actually also incredibly interested by what the changes to the source material versus a film are because the second book has a lot of the same issues that the first book has which I think aren't as big issues in text as they are in film and um, and so it does if they have changed the plot like the trailer alludes to it does seem like they have maybe listened to a lot of that criticism so I would be interested to see where they go with it. Let's say I think there is certainly uh, well more than room for those kind of thrillers and dramas mm-hmm. in in, 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 in the world, really. Uh, so, yeah, if they can iron out the... I was going to say iron out the kinks, but clearly <laughs> they're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, if they, if they can resolve the more problematic points um, of the original, of, of the original or the first film, uh, then, yeah, 
count me in. And yeah, I'll have to check it out for, for research purposes. Research. <laughs> <laughs> I only watched 365 days for the articles. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Right. Well, that was Trailer Talk. Uh, and again, a new record after last week. Uh, but before we crack on with our soul review this week uh, and a very special takeover of Bits and Pieces, we do, of course, have some people to thank. And Alex, if you would be so kind. Of course. <coughs> oh, I'm very sorry oh. um, for that cough. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, what are you doing? Okay. We can edit it out. Hello, and welcome to Jumpcast Corner, where we speak about the great people who support our organization um, and help fund new writers and all of that lovely, wonderful stuff with Jump Cut Online. You go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash jumpcut underscore online to support us at uh, um, one of many various different tiers. But if you do support us at the highest tier and give um, your hard-earned dollar cash, then you get to hear your name spoken through the dulcet tones of my voice. So thank you very much, as always, to... Chris Wilson, Enon Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Ola Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meakin, Fabiana Rosas, Hamish Calvert, Manuel Bento, and Joe Craig. Wonderfully done. Thank you so much, Alex. Beautifully read. Honestly, nobody does it better. Right. So, uh, as I mentioned prior to that, we do have a very special discussion to get into but before we do there is a film out that is i'd say worth talking about uh now neither of you guys have seen this am i right in thinking unfortunately Correct. not no sorry <laughs> okay i was no, not I it, my homework was not submitted to me in time that's fine don't worry at <laughs> all i barely found the showing for this which i think says it all really um so this is the outfit uh this is the first directorial outing in terms of feature films for Graham Moore uh, who has previously written uh, The Imitation Game and actually won an Oscar for that. Uh, you might remember his speech for that. It was very, very nice. Um, and yeah, so he's he's made this film, The Outfit. Uh, it's a crime drama set in Chicago in the 1950s. Uh, so this is the story of... It's kind of a chamber piece. Everything is in and around a tailor shop, uh, or more specifically a cutter, as he calls himself, Leonard Burling, uh, who play who is played by Mark Rylance, uh, who's previously enjoyed some praise on this podcast for Phantom of the Open uh, and other things. Uh, so he is uh, an English cutter uh, who finds a who finds work in Chicago and whose clientele include but are not limited to gangsters. Now, one day, or should I say one night, uh, a certain mob boss's son, uh, who uses the tailor shop or cutter shop, whatever you want to call it, uh, as a place to have his 
drops done for money and whatnot ends up being shot by one of their rivals. Uh, his his own lieutenant, uh, Francis, played by uh, Johnny Flynn, the always great Johnny Flynn, uh, brings him in and demands that Leonard help out to basically get Richie back on his feet and also to potentially help expose what could or could not be a missive from a secret organization called The Outfit. Now, it is a film that has a lot going on. There is, like, for, for a film that happens between four walls, essentially, there are so many comings and goings. You've got Zoe Deutsch, who plays uh, Leonard's secretary, kind of receptionist person, uh, who sits on the front, who's obsessed with snow globes, keeps getting these things and says she's going to travel the world one day in a Chicago accent. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, she's also going out with uh, the mobster's son, uh, Richie, who's played by Dylan O'Brien. Uh, again, fairly decent performance in this. Um, so yeah, you have a fair few people in here just kind of come and go, and it's very actively performative-ish type film. You know, it's 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 a film that if you said this came from a play, you would not be surprised in the slightest. I think this is an original screenplay, funnily enough. Um, and I think what's to be said about it that's worth mentioning is that Mark Rylance is really good. Uh, he is is at his best when there is not too much going on around him because he is a theatre actor from by trade and originally. And when he's allowed to kind of let a character breathe and percolate and really get into it, that is great and i feel like he really embraces that um so the, the the screenplay and the story is one that is very much about the twists and the turns and the crosses and double crosses of these characters and as people come and go there are conversations being held in in hushed tones in on the other side of a wall or something like that and it's very much a case of Okay, you are gonna we'll have to like keep up with this because at some point something is gonna twist and turn, and you know there's gonna be a revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked last week about the bad guys, Alex, the uh, the DreamWorks film. We did we sa- indeed. Yeah, and we said in that that there were maybe one too many points where the film mm-hmm. went into kind of jump on a tangent or uh or a turn on a dime and go, haha, it was this all along. And I feel like this film has that in droves. Like, it's barely... I think it's an hour 45 minutes. And it does fly by, but it is very much a case of going, wait, hang on a minute. So he's doing this, but she's got that, and they're recording this, and it's going there, and they're dropping it in that, and what? And there is a lot of that going on. And I feel like... It's it is a it's a good film to sit down and watch, but I feel like it's one of those that you might want to carry a notepad with you just to be like, okay, so who's who's this guy? Right, okay, we'll make sure that we've got this and that kind of thing. Um, but what I think the film does really well, on top of the performances, is there's something so satisfying about the coming together of someone's craft. Um, I feel like that's something that film does really well pre like has done previously, like. The um, the oceans films in particular, like Soderbergh does really well. The like capturing the assembly of something, mm-hmm. 
and like that someone someone plying their craft onto something and through this you have leonard making suits and like measuring everything out and it's precise and it's exact and the way that the camera moves around it and the way that rylance plays it is so satisfying and it is one of those films where you know much like the suits the truth and the events around it are being tailored exactly Mm. like that and it's and, and in that way it's very satisfying and at the end of it unlike the suit sadly it is a little bit baggy but it it's still a very it's a it's a piece of work to be admired certainly how long have you been trying to come up with those um suit based puns? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i saw the film on the saturday just gone of time of recording so when this comes out about a week uh that, so for three <laughs> days i will be waiting and waiting for people to hear this and me go <laughs> but yeah uh but yeah no it it is worth a watch i'd say if you can find it hopefully it finds a home on demand somewhere uh i managed to find it in a picture house showing midday on a saturday and yeah it was it was i think it's showing at home in manchester and probably will for for quite a bit that would be a very good place to catch it and i saw it with a fairly full crowd of people um, I think because again, so few things, and I went into the middle of London to find it. So people were just gagging for it. Uh, the film, I mean, uh, we haven't <laughs> gone back to three hundred sixty-five days. Um, it, it's getting at least a showing a day in most of the cinemas in and around Dublin. If any oh, Irish people are listening, um, but yeah, I do get it. Does unfortunately feel like one of those films that's going to be getting a one showing a day and only within like cities. It, yeah, it was showing it at Cineworld like this week, but um, oh, as of actually? Friday, uh, it just it'll be gone. Whoop, gone. Then again, three films do come out on Friday, so it's, yeah. it's a tough yeah. market. It is a tough market, and I feel like as we creep into what I guess is unofficially dubbed blockbuster season, mm-hmm. it's one of those kind of like mid to low budget, like I said, chamber pieces with some mm-hmm. quite decent, well, quite well esteemed and regarded actors. Um, but yeah, it, it it will disappear. It will appear on like Amazon Prime or Netflix or something. In which case, again, I think you'd have a fairly good time with it. It's a good Friday night film. Again, just don't have one too many beers when watching it because it does it does insist that you keep up with it. Right. So thus completes the review section of Jump Cuss this week, uh, and so we get into some fun bits. And well. Um, we should preface this with some context, I think. For those of you who don't necessarily listen to this week in, week out, or may, you know, may just wonder, hey, why aren't you guys talking about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore? There is a very... So we're, we're taking a moral stance on this, basically. Um, we know that the people involved in terms of the acting and the crew and what have you will clearly be... You know, not necessarily sharing the Wizarding World's creators' views on mm-hmm. uh, minority uh, gender identities and sexualities, but I also think. Sorry, I also on. think that there's enough publications slash mm-hmm. whatever out there that 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 are going to be and have covered it. Mm-hmm. That it's like, why don't we just flip the script? Exactly. Exactly. You couldn't be more right. And yeah, so 
to give you guys at home a breather from the saturation, certainly in terms of media coverage for the Fantastic Beasts and the Wizarding World at large, we want to put the spotlight on some smaller films that won't necessarily have gotten your attention. You might have already heard of them, but just not given them a go. You might already love them. Fingers crossed it's the latter. But we're going to be talking about a list of films uh, in varying degrees of depth, I think, <laughs> depending on time. Uh, but to start off with, we want to talk about films focusing mainly on transgender people. So to start off with, we have put together a, a, a small list. It is small, but again, we are working against the clock here, essentially. Um, so we just want to shed some light on some great films that deserve your time. And we're going to start with Valentina. Now, Claire, this is a film that you mentioned in the run-up to this recording. Um, so tell us more about it. Yes, so I was very lucky to be able to see Valentina at the 2021 BFI Flair Film Festival, which I know um, you guys are aware of as well, um, which is all about the um, films made by or about um, LGBT community. Yeah. Um, really just recommend it. It's such a wonderful kind of smaller festival and some great films have come out of there. Um, Valentina is a Brazilian film about um, our titular character, Valentina, who is um, a young trans woman. She has to move to a new, it's Brazilian film, and she has to move to a new town. Um, She moves without telling anyone that she is trans, um, and she's just living her life normally. Um, Unfortunately, at a party, there is an incident that takes place, and her trans identity is then outed and spread around the town um and you know there is conflict in it as you would expect in most films anyway and there are some really heavy moments there's issues of consent and there's issues of kind of bullying there's issues within her even within her family um about her trans identity but at its heart it's such a feel good and such a wonderful film because it's not necessarily about her transness. It's about just a young person finding their way in the world and having a place in the world and having a voice and the support that she is able to find from other people in her community um, in the town that she moves to. Um, Her relationship with her mother in the film is one of the absolute most amazing relationships between a child and a parent in a film. And and it it, it handles everything really sensitively. The acting is phenomenal. But I came out feeling really, my heart was warmed and I felt so positive. And it really felt like it was trying to say something about the new generation and how people are going to hopefully in this kind of younger generation, have each other's backs and stand up for each other, if that makes sense and isn't too drippy. Yeah, no, not drippy at all. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> um, it's unfortunately not streaming anywhere at the moment. It looks like I was um, trying to follow. It looks like it is still doing the festival circuit. At the moment, it looks like it's doing some Asian festivals, um, but they have quite an active social media. It's just Valentina Film on Twitter. Um, so definitely kind of give them a tweet see if they are planning i'm sure they would love to have people that want to see it because it might then attract a streamer to pick up the film uh, as a more kind of um global release so please do give them a tweet if it sounds like something that you would be interested in nice 
I think I'll be doing just that, you know? Lovely. Um, Alex, have you had the pleasure of seeing uh, Valentina just yet? I haven't, and I must have missed, uh, depending on what year BFI Flare it was. It was 2021. Yeah, I must have missed that one. I did watch a lot of films at Flare that year, so... Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I was doing two festivals at that time. Yeah, so I was also doing South. By. I was doing South by Southwest <clears throat> at the same time because there's a film that you mentioned that was at the same festival that I missed. So maybe we were just tag teaming so we could see more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh goodness me, that's that's brilliant. Uh, great. Well, Valentina is going on my list uh, because, to my shame, I haven't seen that either. But one film I have seen, and this is this is going to be my main choice here is a film called A Deal With The Universe. So this is a 2018-2019 film. Uh, this is a film from a transgender filmmaker, Jason Barker. It's his story. It's an autobiographical piece um, about how he and his partner um, basically overcome pretty much everything <laughs> there is to overcome uh, to have a baby. Um, so he uh, he basically tracks back using it's using kind of home videos and personal archives and personal accounts uh with him and his partner who has uh, at the time of the story uh been recovering from breast cancer um and whose well as the doctors say eggs are not viable for pregnancies uh, or for conception uh so he says well i can you know i'm i'm still transitioning I can stop with the uh, with the therapy bits for a bit. Why not give it a go? And um, so, sure enough, he does, and pregnancy ensues. Essentially, after a lot of trials and tribulations, um, it is absolutely wonderful. It's a film which is so full of positivity, not least because uh, Jason and oh my gosh, my. To my absolute shame, I cannot remember his partner's name. I watched it last night and I too have forgotten. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, but the two of them together are so very clearly in love and happy together. And it's so wonderful to see a relationship on screen which is not at all contrived for any kind of conflict or anything like that. Or you know, There is enough going on here with this true to life story where, you know, the there's enough going on there where you don't need to like build in stakes. And I feel like the film is an hour and a half long and I found it fly by myself. Like there are moments in there, but it is a lot taken from his own, his own accounts and his own experiences and, you know, and, and his partners as well. Um, and yeah, I just found myself wanting to just sit there. I genuinely, I could have sat there for three hours. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, just show me more. Um, I I've not caught up with things since then, so in the last three years to see what their story is since then. Um but yeah, it is it is great. And again, to take us back to Crush previously, it's a film with a happy ending. So enjoy. Um yeah, I just checked for you. His partner's name was called Tracy. Tracy! Oh my god. Tra- Jason like- and Tracy. Right at the front of my brain and the <laughs> back of my tongue. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I was on your recommendation. I was able to catch this last night. It's um, 
currently streaming on BFI Player, it is. and it's also available to rent at a number of places. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It was, I think it's such a natural portrayal of, obviously, it's a trans man trying to get pregnant, but actually it's just such an honest portrayal of a modern relationship and their relationship is so natural because of the way that it was filmed and you can see their annoyances with each other you can see their support of each other you can see how their life is changing and evolving through the trials and tribulations of trying to conceive through the trials and tribulations of transitioning um and yeah i found it very interesting and just lovely yeah it really is and cannot recommend it enough and like you said claire absolutely spot on it is on um bfi player so if you have a subscription then definitely check it out if not you can get one through them or through amazon prime um as an extension so give it a go or yeah just yeah pay a little bit to rent it and give it a money to um an independent filmmaker why not Okay, uh, Alex, have you managed to catch a deal with the universe, or is that on your to do to watch list as well? The, yes, these are all like on my to watch list. To nothing my shame. wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that at all. Don't worry, it's no shame here. Like, come on, man, we do the film club every so often, and <laughs> the films True. that we've seen through that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like there's no shame in terms of what we haven't seen yet. Uh, one which, again, this is this is this is me again. I think Claire, you've seen this as well. Yes, I have. Excellent. Uh, so, Jack and Yaya. Uh, now, this is one of those stories that you just couldn't write because there's just no <laughs> way. Um, so, two people who grew up together, I believe, were next door neighbours mm-hmm. and became fast friends, uh, both realised that they were, well, that they were transgender. So you have a trans woman and trans man. Um and basically, they are helping each other through life. So they've grown up and they've grown... Obviously, they're not living next door anymore, but they still come together. They still can't stay in contact. And they still help each other through one another's transitions, uh, emotionally, uh, physically as well, literally helping each other with like injections and things like that. It is... Honestly, I when I was watching it, I thought, okay, when are they going to reveal that this is... you know? A, a, a work but yeah no this is an absolutely astonishing and wonderful story um this came out i think 2020 i was able to see it again bfi flair uh 2020 was there i caught it again bfi flair what a beautiful festival what an excellent festival and yeah genuinely one of my favorite films from that year mm-hmm. um yeah i absolutely loved it um i found my review of it from when i covered it um and I think kind of not to quote myself lame, <laughs> um, but I think this did sum it up quite nicely. Um, the best thing about Jack and Yaya is that it's not a tale of two trans kids. It's the story of a beautiful decades long friendship of two people who continue to go above and beyond to support each other in all stages of their lives. By the end of the film, their trans identities aren't important. They're just Jack and Yaya. Perfect. Honestly, you should quote yourself more often, Claire, because <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, Alex, add that to your list. It's, yeah. yeah, really heartwarming, really lovely, really intimate, and it's fascinating because it's a mixture of modern documentary with home video. Yeah, and it is beautifully done, and it's funny, it's sweet, and like you say, it's just so great to see two friends just 
who have clearly like they know each other inside and out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, great, good for the soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now to a film I haven't actually had the pleasure of seeing yet, but am I right in saying this is another BFI flair? Yes, it is. Okay, so Cowboys. I was, sorry, yeah. Um, So, Alex, is this one that you've seen? It is, yes, it is indeed. Ah, Well, take it away. Take it away. Yeah, so Cowboys um, had the pleasure of watching this at BFI Flare 2021. Um, And, I mean, I don't think it got like a... a any kind of proper release, but it is available to rent wherever you rent your films from. So um, it is available to watch and I would wholeheartedly recommend it. I think when it comes to, to, to trans issues at the moment, um, a very big part of the conversation is about uh, younger people, specifically kind of around the age of, you know, like 10 to 12, 13, kind of that, mm-hmm. that age. Um, and if uh, they you know are coming out as as transgender and what that means and whether they're old enough to make that decision and all of this kind of stuff and obviously these conversations can lead to a lot of hate and vitriol and and just plain outright lies and stupidity and all of that kind of stuff and it's it's really horrible um but this film um is just a a wonderful um kind of portrayal of a, a younger person who is going through that um so it's essentially i mean first of all the cast is pretty stacked it's got uh steve zahn in the main role um and it's also got jillian bell and Anne dowd as well wow um, okay, that dowd. is a cast yeah oh and that's great yeah <laughs> um so essentially uh steve zahn plays troy and it's his son who is going through this and uh is kind of working out that they are transgender and that they want to be a boy. Mm. Um, and Gillian Bell plays the child's m- mother, who is a bit conservative, a bit Christian, and doesn't really accept that and doesn't want to accept that. So what happens is um, Steve Zahn's character, the dad, um, kind of kidnaps uh, the child and they kind of go on the run. Wow. <laughs> Um, because he, he like the the son relates to to their dad more, and also the the, the dad is more ac- accepting mm. of who he wants to be as as a person. Um, and it's just such a like I said, it's so interesting and such a a beautifully made film about that, and it never it just deals with things so eloquently and so wonderfully and it never really oversteps in any kind of you know terrible way and it it doesn't feel egregious or wrong and it's just like a real it's just like I said it's interesting to have a film where it just a a film about a trans person who is who is also might I add played by a trans person um and especially at such a young age, I think mm. it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, I would wholeheartedly recommend to watch this film. Yeah, I'm gutted to have missed that. It does look wonderful. Yeah, really, really interesting. 
I say, my to watch this is just getting longer and longer. So I'm <laughs> honestly keep it coming. <laughs> so, well, uh, speaking of, there's another film we're going to mention before uh, we open things up to to more more of the rainbow. Um, so together, together. Now, whose was this? I think I... both myself and Alex have seen this. We have indeed. Yeah, I okay. watched this at Sundance London. And nice. I was able to see it as part of the Independent Spirit Awards nominations. Oh, excellent. Well, in that case, guys, feel free to discuss together, together, together. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the brilliant thing about this is that it stars uh, Patty Harrison, who is a transgender actress. Oh, she's um, brilliant. She's wonderful. So funny. I love yeah, her so much. Um, mm-hmm. And the film, like, really properly centers around her. So it's her and Ed Helms, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and Ed Helms is a single um, man, uh, but he wants to have a child. Um, and he doesn't have any kind of relationships or any long-term relationships, so it's not something that's viable for him, but he does still want it to happen. Uh, so he decides to look for a surrogate, and lo and behold, Patty Harrison's character, Anna, um, is the person that he chooses. Um, and the film is essentially just about them kind of going through the process together. And... Yeah, I think almost every scene is almost just the two of them, bar like a couple Pretty of Pretty much. Scenes. I think it might have been some kind of um, COVID-y. lockdown COVID-y movie. Yeah. yeah, because there isn't that many people in it. Um, although Tick Notaro is in it. Yeah, but it seemed like a... <laughs> Even though she's in like a scene. But, but yeah. <laughs> um, and it... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... It's so funny, it's so heartwarming, it's mm-hmm. so sincere, and it's just such a wonderful, uh, such a wonderfully funny film, and you just leave it in absolute floods of tears. Yeah, and I, I think the important, well, it's, it's important and it's not important, but I think in the context of this conversation, is, yeah. that, Tig, um, is that Patty Harrison is not playing a trans person. She yeah, is... she's just playing a woman, yeah. A, a woman and she is a surrogate and she has a baby and it's you know i i read a, i'd love to find the article see if i can find it um for when this episode comes out but a really good interview with her and the person who made the film was like i just always wanted patty harrison i didn't care about any of that i thought she was a brilliant actress she's the one i wanted i wanted her to play this role and it's never mentioned and it's yeah. never discussed and more of that please no that's wonderful yeah. Um, sorry, go on, Alex. No, no, no. I just completely agree with what Claire just said. It, it's not even brought up, and I feel like that's the point of of this and the point of our conversation that that we're having now and the films that we're suggesting is that it just needs to become a normal part of life and yeah. society. And things like this film with Pi Harrison playing a female character, it is just it goes leaps and bounds into to mm-hmm. helping that and. The more people that watch this film, the more opportunities in the future that will be, um, you know, uh, given to yeah. other, other people. It, it's it's the thing of like, 
we we spoke when we were coming up with these films that it was very difficult to find films that had happy endings and you know yeah. it's if you were a trans actor you were going to relive every piece of trauma you ever experienced during yeah. your mm-hmm. trans journey so this film not only is a positive happy film but it has nothing to do with the trans community which you know obviously we want more films that do celebrate the trans community but we also just want more roles for trans actors where they don't have to live out trauma. Exactly. I yeah. think that's it. Is The secret isn't so much, well, you know, not just representation, but also normalising these things mm-hmm. and making these people just, yeah, have stories where they're, yeah, they're just, they're just living their lives. Yeah. And I think in terms of Patty Harrison, especially, um, I just want to, I just want to say very briefly, but again, uh, this is stuff where she just plays roles that don't tie into that at all. Um, but she's so funny and shrill. I yes. don't know if either of you guys saw yes. that. Yes, love her and shrill. She's so funny. Um, also brilliant in Made for Love. She only had a very small part in Made for Love, um, a sci-fi show, but she's great in that too. I really hope she'll be in the second season more. Oh, excellent. Great in that. And also uh, a bit more... <sighs> it's weird to call it niche because it feels like it's so quoted and memed around the place, but um, I think you should leave. She plays... She's got like a very s- select number of sketches that she appears in through this two series so far, mm. but both series have moments where she appears in them and like genuinely like there's one thing where it's like a fake dragon's den type thing of like meet the dragons and she is hilarious <laughs> i think it's like she keeps going on about how much she needs wine i can't stop having wine <laughs> it's great it's so funny uh i recommend it but Funnily um, enough i also believe that she is in the lost city which is out <gasps> today Oh my god, if I needed any more reasons to see that film, you just gave me another one. We will be talking about that in depth, of course, on the next week's episode, but oh my goodness me, that's even more exciting. I am. Oh, this is going to be <laughs> the summer of Patty Harrison. Yes. Um, absolutely, yes, please. Okay, well, um, Alex, you had one little honourable mention you wanted to bring up outside of the big screen. Yes, yeah. Um. I, well, I, Pose. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's Pose. It's Pose. Um, right. I mean, Ryan Murphy's had a very tumultuous relationship with uh, TV shows. You know, you only have to look as far as Glee to um, <laughs> which to... runs the full gamut of <laughs> this is fine and this is not okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, the, the latter most often than not. Yeah. Uh, yep. But um, yeah, honestly, if you watch an out of context Glee compilation, you will. Yeah. Anyway. But that's completely besides the point. Hey, you didn't sit through Popular, which was his original TV show. Man, that was some problematic. Oh, holy moly. Jesus. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, it seems that he left all of that behind to make what, I, I mean, could be considered his magnum opus, mm-hmm. um, which is Pose. Uh, it's available to watch on Netflix. It's also on BBC iPlayer as well. Um, and it is, uh, it's, it's really, really wonderful stuff. I mean, it's just, to a little bit, I'm, I don't want to go too much into it because we're already running over, but um, it's essentially set during the kind of underground um, ball, LGBT ball scene in New York. Um, and it's all of these kind of different characters who are in different families because there were, there were different like families throughout the, that scene of people um and it just follows all of their stories um 
and it goes very much into um the the big stories of the time like the AIDS epidemic um about just being gay and growing up during that time um but most importantly um i believe that pose holds the record for this uh, for the most transgender people on one cast of a tv show i um, believe so and i know it's also like broken a number of records just for like the awards recognition of the cast for their yeah. nominations yeah, oh, yeah for sure um and most notably so mj rodriguez who is the main character bianca um she is a, a trans woman um and her story is front and center uh, more or less of, of the show and it is just wonderful it's absolutely brilliant it can be a really hard watch at sometimes but it's so um you know we we're talking about how it's not how we want lgbtq people to be able to feel joy when they watch things that they're represented mm -hmm. in and i feel like pose although it does delve into the, the the harder things and the deeper stuff it there's also so much joy in it and so much love and wonder in it and i mean yeah it is is properly brilliant and if you haven't seen it i would wholeheartedly recommend I am terrible and I actually have never watched it. It has been on my list and I haven't caught it yet. So this might be the push I need. Yes. <laughs> Mine Definitely. too, actually. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> right. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Alex. And before we go, we did want to mention some more films in, in the LGBT uh, stratosphere, I guess. I don't know. How would you even describe that? Um, the metaverse, why not? <laughs> oh, God. Pick, pick a word. Um, but I feel like for time, I feel like we should go around and have one each very quickly. Um, okay. So, Alex, I'll start with you. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, Sweetheart, which is the directorial debut from Marley Morrison. You've probably heard me bang on about this plenty of times before. Um, but it is truly, truly brilliant um, and a very natural, very well-represented queer relationship is front and centre of the film. And uh, yeah, it is absolutely brilliant. And it was in cinemas and I think you can get it to rent. Um, so yeah, definitely watch it. Very I, I concur with all of that. What a wonderful film. What a, oh, see, again, adding it onto my list. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, Claire, I'm going to come to you last, uh, okay. as, as, the, as the guest, I want you to have the last oh, word. But... exciting. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to talk about a film that we actually reviewed um, not too long ago in the grand scheme of things. Uh, everybody's talking about Jamie, uh, talking about oh, what a lovely film, and talking about films that just let these stories be told without any kind of, um, oh, isn't this different? Oh, isn't this exciting? Kind of thing. Mm. But I feel like Jamie's sexuality in this film is just entirely circumstantial. Like, there's no big, like, coming out moment. There's no big anything like that. Like, yeah. his big revelation is that he wants to become a drag artist. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. It's like, everything else about Jamie is like, you know, that that is what it is. And I feel like that on its own is so, like, the the lack of big deal about it is such a big deal. <laughs> in yeah, a way no, completely completely yeah like we talk about representation and normalization that kind of thing and that is how you do it where you don't 
have to have like the gay character have to think about being gay like you know <laughs> or, or the tra- or the trans person have to be the trans character you know and yeah. i i feel like that's so what's so lovely about everybody's talking about jamie obviously it goes into um recent history with that community it talks about like the aids aids epidemic and uh and honestly that whole sequence with richard e grant's character broke my heart when watching it completely i was in floods and i think i said as much when we reviewed the the first time around Mm -hmm. um the songs are great the performances are great the costumes are divine (laughs) uh yeah, cannot recommend it enough. And it is just such a fun, feel-good thing. And it yeah, it's excellent. Uh and Claire, the floor is yours, the last word when it comes yes. to the feature. So I'm going to um go for one that hasn't actually had a UK release yet, but it will have soon. Um so I'm going for the film called Swan Song, which is not the one on Apple Plus, um, but this is directed by Todd Stevens and starring Udo Kier. Um, it had uh, a release at South by Southwest 2021. It was nominated for awards in this year's Indie Spirit Awards, and it has had a release in America and other countries. It is coming to the UK in June, so please do keep your eyes out for it. Um, it focuses on Udo, Kier, Udo Kier's character, who is in a retirement home and um, a retired hairdresser. He gets um, invited to go and do the hair of one of his ex-clients who has put it in his her will that he is the only person that's allowed to do his hair. Because of this, this spurs something within him and he escapes from the retirement home and goes on kind of a hitchhiking to the old town where he used to live. And you get to learn all about his character and you see him go from a very old, tired retiree to this amazing, ecstatic, flamboyant, charismatic man throughout the film um and but then it also touches on what his early life in that town must have been like as a gay man because um of his age it was a very different time it is at times completely heartbreaking and at times so life-affirming there's a wonderful club scene the costumes are just like they my face right now is beaming re-remembering the costumes um you can definitely find a trailer for it online and yeah it will have a uk release in june really really do please try and check this out it was one of my favorite films i saw last year it's just lovely couldn't have picked a better way to end this Thank you so much, Claire. That is wonderful. And yeah, Swan Song, I'm going to make sure that this gets a proper outing on Jumpcast when that comes out in June, Yay. so yep. Yes, 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 yes. Wonderful. Okay, that is top of my list now. Uh, just the back of that. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And well, thus endeth the uh, the episode. Um, Claire, thank you so much for being an absolutely wonderful guest. It's been a real joy to have you on. Thank you. Anytime. Do not be a stranger, honestly. <laughs> it's been great. Um, next week, oh my goodness me. Well, we've got Charlotte coming back, of course. We've also got reviews of The Northman and The Lost City. And I feel like I'm already missing quite a few films. But we're talking two of the most anticipated films of the year so far. Operation well. Mincemeat. Operation Mincemeat. There we go. Oh my goodness me. It's going to be an absolutely stacked one. I, for one, cannot wait. Um, But until then, thank you so much for listening. Alex, you've been Alex Gilston, as I presume. I have. And just very quickly, 
Oh, yes. There is a film that is on Netflix that wasn't on Netflix, but is now on Netflix. And it means that um, I must remind you. And I will remind Charlotte, even though she's not here. Oh, for heaven's sake. (laughs) I think you know what I'm talking about. We will be going over the hedge. Over the hedge! Oh no, I'm so sorry, Simon. (laughs) What do you mean, Claire? No! uh, Not an over the hedge hater. We've gone through this entire hour and a half and you... Oh, wow. I, I never said anything about hate. You mm. put those words in mm. my mouth. Oh, my goodness me. Well. Okay, well, before this descends into chaos... <laughs> <laughs> Claire, once again, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. And as with all these things, when people come along and visit, we have to do the customary plug. So where can people find you if they want to find out more about yeah. you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Claire Ellen Hope, Claire without an I, and you can find my podcast W Rated um, at W Rated Pod, where um, Alex has guested on not one but two episodes so far. The parody um, correspondent, um, am I right in saying? Yeah, parody correspondent Alex, um, and we are covering the films that feature on IMDb's bottom one hundred, but we cover them with the eye of looking at how they ended up there, whether they deserve to end up there. And, you know, we try and put a positive spin on everything. And honestly, I'm not just saying this because you hear Claire. It is a superb podcast. It's so fun to listen to every time. And yeah, you really do find the best in some real real dreck. (laughs) Like 365 days. Well, exactly. Case in point. (laughs) but no that's wonderful thank you so much and yeah do check out w rated and do check out claire's twitter um but we will be here as always next week with the next bunch of news reviews and trailers and so on but until then thank you so much for listening i've been simon whitlock take care of yourselves and on charlotte's behalf stay sexy (laughs) 